0: Well hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark and thank you for joining us again. If it's your first time, welcome. We focus on some of the cobwebby corners of jazz recorded history, as those of you who are regulars know. Today we're going to be listening to the results of a couple of sessions that were done in the early 1930s, 1931 and 32, uh, by a Chicago band that was called various things, the State Street Ramblers, the Memphis Nighthawks, the Alabama Rascals, so forth. This group is an example of what was called Southside Jazz, African American players who got together to um, make fairly informal music, uh, jazz and blues based, and it was a mix of jazz musicians, dance band musicians and blues musicians, as we will see. Uh, the name of State Street Ramblers started being used in the late 1920s, 1927 uh, by a uh, largely New Orleans group, uh, featuring the Dodds brothers, Johnny and Baby Dodds, Natty Dominique and Jimmy Blythe, and some other players who came and went. Uh, It was a little more sophisticated, the music was, at the time, uh, during the 20s. But by 1931, uh, it uh, sort of settled into the style that uh, we remember when we think of this particular group. So we're going to be listening... Uh, for the first set, to five tunes that were recorded on March 19th of 1931. And these were released on the Champion label. They were actually recorded in the Jennet Recording Studios in Richmond, Indiana. And uh, Jennett was a historic jazz company going back to the early 1920s. The first recordings of Louis Armstrong, King Oliver, Johnny Dodds, uh, Jelly Roll Morton, and so on and so forth were all on the Jennet label and uh, it was famous for having uh, a very boxy sound quality, as it still did in the early 1930s. This was the Depression, of course, and uh, corners were being cut all over, even in the recording industry, and the Jennet Recording Company went out of business right about this time, and the masters that still existed were issued on what were called the Dime Store Labels, Champion being one of them. And eventually, many of these were reissued on the Decca Label in the mid-1930s, and they actually had some fairly widespread appeal Uh, Some of you who've listened to these programs before know I've done several on various western swing bands, Bob Wills, Milton Brown, Roy Newman, so on and so forth, and those groups all were very uh, devoted to this music, music that was made for so-called race labels aimed at the African-American market, Uh, very simple music technically speaking, but very emotional and very energetic, all designed for dancing. And these Western swing bands took on a lot of the tunes. We'll be hearing a couple today that they took lock, stock, and barrel. So our first session, as I said, on March 19th of 1931, features the State Street Ramblers, which includes James Bat Robinson on kazoo. Sometimes it sounds like there's a, a second clarinet in the ensemble. That, indeed, is a kazoo. Roy Palmer is on trombone. He was a New Orleans musician who was born in 1892, and he uh, ended up in Chicago in the uh, late 1910s, just following World War One. He played a number of... Uh, uh, jazz groups and dance groups in Chicago, and actually spent the rest of his life there, dying in the 1960s. But he made quite a few recordings with the State Street Ramblers. In fact, he's the only performer who's on all, or actually all but one, of the tunes we're going to listen to today. Joining him in the horn section is Darnell Howard, who was born uh, in Chicago. Uh, he was trained to some degree by the New Orleans musicians, including the um, uh, Lorenzo Teo, the great clarinet instructor. Uh, Howard initially played violin. He uh, lied copiously about his age in later years uh, to make it seem as if he were about 10 years younger than he actually was. But he was born in the 1890s. By the middle 1910s, he was playing with W.C. Handy's uh, band that toured throughout the Midwest and actually recorded in uh, New York in the late 1910s. By the middle 1910s, he had also added clarinet and saxophone to his repertoire and was playing in dance bands all through the 20s. He made recordings with King Oliver's Creole, uh, or rather his uh, Dixie Syncopators, uh, and many other groups as well. He went to Europe, he went to uh, Shanghai, he traveled the world, really, as a dance band musician. And then by the late, uh, or early 1930s, I should say, he was back in Chicago playing with the Earl Hines Band. So he was a very well-trained musician, but his playing fit in quite well to this very kind of rambustious uh, group that we know as the State Street Ramblers. On piano, we have Jimmy Blythe, kind of a shadowy figure who was very well represented on records and especially on piano rolls in the 1920s. He was born in the 1890s. He died uh, of meningitis in 1931, only about uh, oh, three months after this recording. these recordings were made. Uh, he had uh, composed a number of tunes that were recorded by African-American jazz players. He had accompanied Ma Rainey, uh, Johnny Dodds, many other great uh, jazz and blues performers. Then we have Ed Hudson on banjo, and Buddy Burton on washboard, and also some vocals as well as time goes on. And some of the other musicians add vocal interjections as well. Uh, the personnel on this uh, of this group is kind of. Uh, guessed at in some ways. That's our best guess of who, who who were on these different instruments. Ed Hudson, for example, being a banjo player, we don't know too much about him. We do know there was a player named Bob Hudson who will come in on the next session playing piano, and don't know if that's the same person or different or what. Some of these uh, groups were a little bit nebulous in, in who came and went, and uh, we'll see that especially on the second session. So the tunes we're going to hear from this March 1931 session are the Barrelhouse Stomp, Loveless Love, actually it was Careless Love in this case, WC Handy called it Loveless Love, Kentucky Blues, South African Blues, and Sikkim Tige, T-I-G-E, which I think was a contraction of Tiger, Tiger Rag, and I believe that was a tribute to Roy Palmer. So those are our five tunes with the State Street Ramblers from March 19th of 1931. The Barrelhouse Stomp, Careless Love, Kentucky Blues, South African Blues, and Sikkim Tige. I'm going to go get the best of the best. So there are the State Street Ramblers recording in March of 1931. Of course, this was in really the the, the darkest part of the Depression, especially for African Americans, and um, these recordings uh, gave some income to the musicians. Not very much, though. They were very low on the scale of pay. Um, they were not obviously uh, credited with any type of royalties or anything like that. They just went in, did the job, and left and got whatever pay they had, and the records were issued. But the records, uh, as I said, became quite influential. Uh, First of all, on the... Increasing uh, or, or, or developing field of Western swing, the white derived jazz uh, that was being played by country musicians down in the Texas and Oklahoma area. And they found that these records were, were, were very inspiring. There are stories of the uh, light crust doughboys uh, from Burris Mill, uh, which included Milton Brown and uh, Bob Wills, along with Herman Arnsberger, spending hours in their practice room listening to these recordings and copying them, uh, the tunes, and including, in addition to some of the solos later on. And that's what inspired Bob Wills to add uh, horns to his band, which Milton Brown did not, some of these early black uh, dime store recordings, we'd have to call them. So we started out with the Barrel House Stomp, which on some records was credited to Lester Melrose. The Melrose Brothers Publishing Company was apparently quite uh, instrumental in getting this band into the recording studio. They may have paid for the time and the records and issued them themselves. Lester and Walter Melrose and their younger brother, Frank, who was also a piano player. And at one time, Frank was thought to be the piano player on these sides, but uh, that's not the case. Definitely Jimmy Blythe in that case. Uh, Other recordings uh, that were issued or records that were issued have the the composer listed as Roy Palmer, the trombone player, and in fact, he's credited for all of the other ones that we heard, except for Careless Love, which was traditional, and that was the second tune as well. Following Careless Love, we heard Kentucky Man Blues, which was kind of an interesting little... Tune, starting and ending with quotes from My Old Kentucky Home, and featuring some good alto playing by Darnell Howard. He primarily uh, featured himself, or was featured, on clarinet and occasionally violin in his jazz recordings, but he was, as I said, a well-schooled musician. He played lead alto in a number of uh, Chicago-area big bands, and uh, he could play soprano sax, and he may play tenor sax as well on some of these sides later on. Then we heard uh, South African Blues, another Roy Palmer tune apparently, and that featured uh, Jimmy Blythe on piano and Ed Hudson on banjo. I should mention Ed Hudson was the vocalist on Careless Love and did some of the interjections elsewhere as well. And then we finished up with Sikkim Tig, or Tig Tiger I think it's the contraction of, and uh, that featured Roy Palmer on trombone. He really had a uh, a New Orleans style, you'd have to say. When you think of the players uh, in the New Orleans revival, so-called, of the 1950s and 60s, uh, the fellows who stayed in New Orleans primarily, like Jim Robinson uh, and uh, Albert Warner, people like that, they had that same punchy style. Kid Ory had it as well, although he was a little bit more sophisticated in his playing. Uh, they tended to be very uh, forthright and uh, play something sort of in between what we would consider a jazz trombone and maybe a bass line uh, style. And that uh, is really reflected in Roy Palmer as well. He stayed in Chicago for the rest of his life, and he made his living somewhat as a musician, but more as a music teacher and uh, as a factory worker. And at one time he owned a laundry as well, and he was recorded throughout the 1930s. I'm not sure if he was ever interviewed, but that would be a fascinating interview, I'm sure. So now we're going to go on to the next uh session. This is actually a series of sessions, and the rest of the show will be uh, from this series of dates that were held in New York in March of 1932, from March 29th up through actually April 1st of 1932. Uh, The band was brought from Chicago, and the story was that Darnell Howard and uh, Palmer all drove pretty much straight from Chicago to New York to do this recording uh, date, which was done Uh, for these Dime Store labels. Perfect, uh, Vocalion, ARC, they were released on quite a few different labels. uh, And they have that same kind of woody, boxy sound quality, unfortunately, that the Jennet recordings did as well. But the music is very hot on here. So this is almost exactly one year after the session that we just finished up with. And by that point, as I mentioned, Jimmy Blythe had passed away, so he obviously was not part of this. Uh, We have on cornet, uh, when you hear a cornet, Alfred Bell, and the identity of the cornet player has always been a bit of a mystery. He's credited as Mr. Sheik's at one point, and uh, some people thought it was Sheik Kalar, who was a New Orleans player, but it's definitely not he. Uh, Alfred Bell is otherwise fairly unknown, but he was active in some Chicago bands. He was probably in the car with Roy Palmer on trombone, Darnell Howard on clarinet and alto sax, Bob Hudson on piano. Buddy Burton may have played some piano as well. Uh, Big Bill Brunsey, the great blues guitar player, was part of this. He, too, was in the car. He plays guitar and also violin, and we'll hear a couple of violin solos from him as we go. Don't know who the banjo player is in this case. And Jimmy Bertrand is on drums. He was also from Chicago. Drums, washboard, and uh, some vocals as well. We'll hear a vocal duet between him and, uh, I think... Uh, not sure who the other vocalist is in that case, but we will hear him, Jimmy Bertrand, singing on the second tune of this set. So, the tunes of this set, we will hear Georgia Grind. And those of us who know the tune Georgia Grind from the Louis Armstrong recording will know that this is not the same tune. Uh, these recordings were issued under the names of Memphis Nighthawks and Alabama Rascals, kind of interchangeable. They're more or less the same group, although not all of the performers were. Uh, participants on every recording. And the record uh, labels that I've seen of these uh, particular tunes do not carry composer credits at all, so don't know who did them. Presumably, uh, Roy Palmer had a hand in in this, and maybe Jimmy Bertrand as well, who composed a few things in his day. This Georgia Grind is a minor key tune that is roughly the same as the old bluesy uh, hokum tune, uh, My Daddy Rocks Me with One Steady Roll, and uh, the words change to fit Georgia Grind, but it's more or less the same tune. After that, we're going to hear On a Shanghai Honeymoon, which was kind of a pop tune uh, that I think had to have been written tongue-in-cheek with all of the worst possible rhyme scheme of any Tin Pan Alley tune. Uh, It was renamed at one point On a Chinese Honeymoon, and it didn't help very much. It was still the same rhymes. I think the Mills Brothers recorded this later on, but we will hear the Memphis Nighthawks do it. Following that, we're going to hear Biscuit Roller. Biscuit Roller was a slow blues uh, on which we will hear Bill Brunzi play violin um, and uh, possibly sing as well. well. We'll see about that. But a very elemental blues performance there, uh, which has a nice clarinet solo by um, Darnell Howard. Then after that, we're going to go to a tune called the Ruckus Juice Shuffle. Ruckus Juice Shuffle. And this is one of those tunes that impressed the uh, Western swing bands, and uh, they re-recorded this under several different names, but a good up-tempo tune uh, with some uh, nice violin as well by Big Bill Brunsey. Then we're going to finish up with the Dirty Dozens Cousins. Dirty Dozens uh, referenced a, an African-American verbal game, playing the dozens, which made its way into song and story quite extensively. Um, doesn't have much of a connection to this tune, I don't think, but it's a good uh, up-tempo, romping dance type of tune. And these records were really made for dancing, and they were marketed to uh, the African American population via these race record catalogs and so forth, and they were uh, really meant to encourage dancing among the audience. So those will be our five tunes from this March, late March session, Sessions of 1932. The Georgia Grind, Shanghai Honeymoon, Biscuit Roller, uh, Biscuit Roller, that's all it's called, The Ruckus Juice Shuffle, and Dirty Dozens Cousins.
1: Where flowers bloom There beneath our Chinese moon We'll clone an old love tune
2: And to we will wander
1: On our Shanghai honeymoon
0: was the State Street Ramblers, aka the Memphis Nighthawks or Alabama Rascals, recording in late March of 1932. We started out with Georgia Grind, that uh, minor key tune that uh, sometimes is played in major. It was a blues the way Louis Armstrong recorded it, but uh, here it was Uh, More or less the same tune as My Daddy or My Mama Rocks Me with One Steady Roll, and uh, it was done featuring uh, Alfred Bell on cornet, Roy Palmer on trombone, Darnell Howard on clarinet and alto, although on that particular track we heard a tenor sax, which must have been Darnell Howard, he also played the clarinet solo, so we'll give him credit for both. Uh, Bob Hudson, or Buddy Bart- Burton on piano, not sure which, probably Bob Hudson, I think. Uh, Big Bill Brunsey on guitar, violin, and vocals coming up. An unknown banjo player, might have been Big Bill Brunzi playing guitar, sounding like a banjo to some degree. And Jimmy Bertrand on percussion, drums, and washboard, and sings a bit as well. So after the Georgia grind, we went to Shanghai Honeymoon, that kind of unusual... Uh, pop tune that uh, was clearly written as a pop tune with the weird rhymes and all that, before going on to a very primitive blues tune, this was very elemental, Biscuit Roller, featuring Brunzy on violin and singing. And then, after that, the Rookus Juice Shuffle, which was another one of those tunes that influenced the Western swing bands. A good, hot tune, uh, using more or less a blues progression. And uh, that featured a little bit more violin by Brunzi, as well as all of the other players. And then we finished up with a very hot version of Dirty Dozen's Cousins. And many of these tunes, as I said, were built on other forms, whether they were blues or uh, My Daddy Rocks Me, what have you. I forgot to mention the South African blues in the last set was actually the same tune as the pop tune from about 10 years earlier called uh, Beale Street Mama. Exact same melody, chords, and what have you. No words on that one, though. So, this little band from Chicago, most of them were from Chicago, stayed in New York for three or four days and uh, made recordings. Uh, they had about, oh one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, thirteen 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 or 14 recordings that were issued and several more that were recorded and not issued. This was a kind of a marathon trip. The Melroses apparently sent this group. Why they sent them to New York instead of having them record in Chicago, I don't really know, but it worked out. Maybe they had another gig on the way or something like that. Uh, We're going to hear another set of four tunes from the same sessions. We're getting a pretty good idea of what this group uh, could do. We're going to hear Nancy Jane, which is very similar to the tune Nancy Jane that was recorded, again, by those Western swing bands. I'm crazy about my Nancy Jane. Uh, Milton Brown and the uh, Brownies, Bob Wills, and the Crest Doughboys all recorded this, and they probably had this particular recording in mind. Again, these are all from the same dates, in March of 1932. After that, we're going to jump over to the Jockey Stomp, a little bit more jazz-oriented there, as is the Wild Man Stomp, which is the one tune that Roy Palmer is going to lay out on. We're going to hear kind of a feature for clarinetist Darnell Howard. He was a very... uh, Fleet clarinet player, had very good technique, even though by his admission, he or his claim I should say, he never had more than a couple of clarinet lessons, although as I said, he stretched the truth on a lot of things in his interviews, so we don't really know. He was, however, a very well-trained violinist, so he has a, had a good musical background, and he applied a lot of that to his clarinet technique. Then we're going to finish up with a tune called the Endurance Stomp, which was recorded by several jazz bands during this period, including Junie Cobb and a couple of others. And that'll uh, give us a good round out to this uh, State Street Ramblers collection for today. So those are our four tunes, March of 1932. Nancy Jane, Jockey Stomp, Wild Man Stomp, and Endurance Stomp. Finishing up our tribute to the State Street Ramblers. These were all done in 1932. We started out with Nancy Jane, kind of a folk tune. Uh, As I said, taken over by the Western Swing bands. Had some good playing in there, including some tenor sax. I think it had to have been Darnell Howard. I don't hear any two reeds at any point. He played alto and clarinet and must have brought a tenor along as well. Then we went to the Jockey Stomp, a little bit of a lively tune there, featuring a little trumpet by Albert Bell. Then a complete Darnell Howard feature, or almost complete, the Wild Man Stomp. And that was uh, a tune that, in addition to the clarinet, which was featured extensively, we heard some great banjo playing on there. By whom we do not know, unknown banjo player... Um, Big Bill Brunsey did play banjo and played guitar, but he didn't play in that style, certainly. That was a very jazzy style. And some very fine piano by either Bob Hudson or Buddy Burton on that one. And then we ended up with the Endurance Stomp. And again, as I said, most of these records, actually all of these records by the Alabama Rascals and Memphis Nighthawks, did not include composer credits. But the Endurance Stomp was recorded by Junie Cobb uh, around the same time, and it was credited to Angelo Fernandez, who was a clarinet player who played in um, the Erskine Tate. Band. He was a very well-trained musician, but he was on some of these sessions. He was actually on one of the early State Street Rambler sessions as well. We might do another show on uh, uh, that earlier group, as well as some of the Junie Cobb stuff. There's really fine jazz in there as well. And also, I should point out on that Endurance stop, really some... Superb trombone playing by Roy Palmer, who, as I said, was kind of, a, kind of an elemental trombone player in the New Orleans style for most of the recordings, but that one uh, showed him off to be uh, a little deceptive in his other recordings. He had some, some significant technique. He could get around in that horn pretty well, as he did there. So I want to thank you for joining us today. This is The Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Hope you're interested enough in this program and in jazz history to join us every once in a while. And also maybe to become a sponsor of ours. You can hit that little sponsorship button wherever it is on your browser for a one-time gift or as a uh, continuing sponsor on a monthly basis. We'd love to have some more members of the family. Our home is on Anchor.fm, but we can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and any other fine platforms.
1: So thank you again, and I'll see you on the other side.